when people and everybody else is panicking, you got to take that opportunity and figure out what you're going to do. And that for us was we doubled down. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. As always, with each episode, our goal is to inspire you through the insight and inspirational stories from fellow real estate professionals. Now, before we get into today's featured interview, make sure to follow and subscribe to the Smart Agents. Now, before we get into today's featured interview, make sure to follow and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen to podcast. You can find it on everything from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Also, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel and click the bell to get notifications for every time a new episode is uploaded. Lastly, if you or someone on your team has an awesome story to share, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. In today's featured interview, we talk with Mark Cormier. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Mark touched on a wide variety of topics throughout our conversation. We talked about everything from properly staging homes, using YouTube to increase awareness, and we even talked on building relationships with attorneys that result in a steady stream of referrals. So if you could just kind of, again, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, where, you, where you're located in the country and some background on your, your uh, time in real estate. Okay. Um, my name is Mark Cormier, and I'm out of the Washington, D.C. area. I cover, I'm actually licensed in three jurisdictions, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So I have a ton of continuing education classes I have to go to. Um, I've been doing this since probably 2005. Um, I was started off as a marketing manager for a real estate firm and uh, transitioned in once the market started turning back in 2007. Uh, I was getting an override and I realized that uh, that, that wasn't going to be coming anymore. So I needed to get out and do my own thing. And that's what happened. I was blessed. I caught it at the right time. I was able to get in with some REO companies. REO business was great. Um, and then from there, it just, you know, you know, went, uh, took off from there. And uh, my wife is an agent. We actually um, opened up our own staging business too. Mm-hmm. Um, she just got her warehouse and we're about to get a truck uh, because we found that we just weren't able to, um, the quality of what people call staging just wasn't there. And you need it in order to, to provide your clients the top, to get top dollar because let's face it, every house has its, its problems. And when you stage a house, it takes their eye off of the problems and it brings it, you know, it makes them feel like they're at home and they're not looking at the imperfections of the walls or stuff like that. And uh, so, so that's how, that's, that's how I got into the business and that's where we are today. We have a small team. Um, like I said, we cover the three jurisdictions and uh, we're, we try to, we're very aggressive at what we do. We're, our, our whole goal is, our philosophy is to make our clients the best educated client. And if they're the best educated, then they'll make the best decision. And um, so that's, that's kind of where we are. You know, being that you started in 2005, tell me, you know, you went through the 2008 crisis and the housing issues. And now this past year, you know, beginning of March, everything just kind of gets turned upside down with COVID. What was your initial kind of reaction to everything and how have you worked through that? Okay. Um, I swear COVID started January, but um, our lockdown started probably in in March. Um, Like I was telling you, I have been in the office every day. Today's the only day I haven't been in the office since COVID started. And that's because we had a snowstorm. 
Um, and it was extremely scary the first few months because you didn't know what was happening. It wasn't, it wasn't the scary part of COVID itself. It was a scary part of they were shutting down business. Um, we were lucky. We were blessed that uh, we're essential services. But the reality was if your clients aren't able to get out there or if your clients aren't comfortable with having people in the houses, it just things weren't happening. So, I mean, there was a there was a two month period of time where it was, you know, we went from having deals on the board to deals disappearing. And when I say disappearing, they're not closing, they're just disappearing. Um, and so we, we had to look at it and say, okay, what are we going to do? I mean, there was, we started looking at doing property tax assessments and, and stuff like that as, as an alternative. You, you can either do, you either get paralyzed and do nothing, you know, panic and do nothing, or you double down. I've been in this, I've been in business long. I've been in business since the eighties. Um, when, when people and everybody else is panicking, you got to take that opportunity and figure out what you're going to do. And that for us was we double down, um, and you start learning new stuff and, and you say, okay, what do I have to do to survive? Because failure is not an option. I got, I got six kids. I, you know, I got to put food on the table. I got kids in college. So we had to do whatever we had to do. And, and for us, it was, uh, you know, doubling down on marketing. Right. And with your background in marketing, I'm sure that, you know, you've been able to adapt with the, with the changes in, in the different trends and things like that. So I understand you're doing a lot with in ramping up your YouTube. Yeah. We're, we're, YouTube is something I'm just learning about. Um, yeah, it's incredible. All these years I've never, I've watched YouTube, you know, my kids watch YouTube. I didn't understand. Most people think the YouTube is a social network when it's really a, it's the second largest uh, search engine in the world owned by Google. Who's the first. So uh, for us, the idea of getting, we already had, I had a bunch of videos out there who, you know, weren't getting any views except for when I sent them to people to look at, but it gave me credibility because I knew what I was talking about and it gave me an opportunity for a person to, to learn about me and understand, you know, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about, you know, on certain on topics, because let's face it, to the general public, they have no clue about real estate. You know, how many times have you gotten a call from a client and said, oh, you know, hey, I just want to let you know, I just bought a house from the builder and, you know, aren't you happy for me? And you're like, hello. Or um, the other one is, hey, I just bought a house from, you know, I, I work for one for a brokerage and they'll call up and say, hey, I just bought a house from uh, this brokerage. You know, are, are you going to get paid on it? Uh, you know, so, so the general public doesn't understand. They think all agents are the same and they think that they, they really don't have any idea of what we do. So you have to make them understand. And what I always tell people is it might only take me an hour, two hours, three hours to, to do, to get you under contract on a property, but you're paying me for my 20 years, 30 years of experience of learning to, to be able to get to that point. And so if you think that every agent's the same, the, the great analogy I give is if you are a family member, get arrested, you can always get the public defender. They're a lawyer. They went to law school or you can get the best lawyer that the County or whoever the state has. Both of them are lawyers, but you're going to get two different results. So um, that's the that's the analogy I use, and that's so for for us, you, you have to um, you know you, you got to differentiate yourself, right? And I really like this idea that you were just talking about the you know you're starting your own staging operation. Yeah, you know, kind of if you could kind of dive into that a little bit more. You know, what was that? 
you know, I guess okay. what were you seeing that made it to where you, you thought that was okay. the direction you wanted to go? Uh, we, we was just like everybody else, you know, staging a few years ago wasn't, wasn't big. And in some markets, I guess it's still not. But for us, it's the difference. I can come into a house that's been on the market for, you know, six months and hasn't sold. And I can come in, reposition it in terms of the look, the appearance, um, photos, not price. I don't even have to change the price. And I'll get it under contract quickly. Um, I'm blessed that my wife is a, is a designer. She has a great eye. And we were seeing what people were calling staging, which was ridiculous. And the quality of the furniture and all was terrible. So we just said, you know what, we're going to open up our own. And we started off just doing our own properties. Um, but she's built a, quite a clientele with some of the bigger firms here, um, some of the high-end firms. So, um, you know, we've, that's, that's a separate business for us. Well, for her, she's, she, you know, that's, that's her business. We just got a warehouse. We're about to get a truck. Um, but again, it comes back to being able to differentiate yourself from the competition. You know, some people say, Oh yeah, um, I will stage your house. And then they put, you know, two pieces of garden furniture in the house. That's not staging. She has clients, other, like I said, other agents that she'll go out and she'll, schedule she'll go meet the client she'll represent herself as part of their she's their stager uh for the for the other agent and she does the hard stuff you know when a lot of agents are afraid to tell people like you know you got to repaint that wall you, this furniture's old she'll go in and as sweet as she is she'll still tell them that's got to go you know yeah. she, she'll be the muscle because some agents are afraid to i don't have a problem with that i tell people all the time i'm like that's got to go. I don't know what has to go in the place of it. That's my wife's job, but I'm just telling you that's got to go. Right. Um, so, and, and the other thing I'll tell you we do, and I just did it on a, on a property two weeks ago. It went under contract uh, real fast. Um, they had a bunch of furniture in, in the house that was, it was nice, but it was, you know, they had a China cabinet and they're, they're, they're a family in their fifties. So I took, I took the picture. We, we do professional photos all the time. Sometimes I do two sets of photos. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, I did a set of photos in the beginning. And then I sent them out and had, them, had the photos uh, virtually staged. Took, took their living room and had it virtually staged into a modern living room. Put the new one on top of the old one and went over to see them and showed them the picture and they didn't recognize the room. <laughs> and then when I took it off and showed them, they were like, oh, because I'm trying not to insult them because the furniture is nice for them. It works for them and it works for me because it was my time. But the probable buyer for the house was 20 years younger than them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's, it, it may, it puts a light bulb off in their head and they're like, Oh, okay. Now I understand what you're talking about. And if we're going to get top dollar, a person doesn't want to go buy their mom's or the grandmother's house that they want to buy a house that fits them, their lifestyle. Right. And I think that's the, the really interesting and sometimes difficult part for home sellers to understand is that, and I think a lot of people understand the fact that you're not selling your home, you're selling the house <laughs> and what, but then at the same time, the person that is buying a lot of times some, they have a hard time seeing the home uh, without the house. So, so having it's that a commodity. Balance, I, I tell people all the time, it's a commodity. A house is a commodity. At the end of the day, a house is a house is a house. You raised your family there. It's special to you. Um, you have great memories there. But the buyer's not buying your memories. They're not buying. They're buying 
they're looking at the house and they're saying, okay, how does it compare to the other houses? What are my options are? And, um, you know, when you'll never see a builder sell a vacant house, you'll always see a builder, any na national builder, maybe local builders, but a national builder will always pay the money to have it staged. And the stage, it's incredible. You can have two people from two different countries, two different, uh, you know, uh, environments um, walk into a, a builder's house and both of them feel comfortable in the house. Mm -hmm. And that's what you try to strive. I always tell people, look, I'll do, we'll do as much or as little as you want, but you're hiring me to sell it for the top dollar. In order to get top dollar, we need to appeal to the biggest, the broadest audience. Mm -hmm. And that being said, this, these are things we need to do. And you will be successful if you walk into your house and you see that, that the cushions on the couch are squished. That means that the people sat there and were talking about your house. They didn't just walk in and walk out. They were sitting there and while they were sitting there talking, they were imagining themselves in that house. All that's equating to an offer coming in and a higher sales price. And that's, that's the difference when, you know, when we're sitting there talking, when I'm, when I'm sitting there talking to a, a prospect, uh, a lead and um, trying to say, this is, this is what we do. And, Sometimes people are like, look, you know what? I'm going to go to a discount broker. I'm going to go to a 1%. That, that's fine. Go to them. But they, they're selling a different product than I'm selling. They, you know, and if you don't want to prepare your house to be staged, if you, don't want, if you want your house just to be sold the way it is, understand it's going to affect your sale price. You're the boss. I'll do what you tell me to do. As long as it's legal and ethical, no problem but it's going to affect your sales price. So don't come back to me and tell me, you know, why are we not, why aren't we getting offers? In fact, I have a form, which I didn't share with you before. I have a form that's a, I told you so form. And I have it in my listing agreement and it says on the form, these are the suggestions I, I, I suggest doing. This is the price I tell you that I'm suggesting. This is the price you want. You're saying you, I'm telling you to list it for 800. You're telling me you want to get, 900. Uh, well, 900 is a little, uh, you want 850. Okay. Cause 900, we're having to come into Jesus meeting, but 850. All right. So we're going to put it in there and you're going to initial next to it because inevitably two months down the line, you're going to come back to me and say, why is my house selling? And I'm going to say, because you didn't listen to me. And you're going to say, yes, I did. And I'm going to pull out the come you, uh, I told you so paper and show you. And I've never had to use it. I've had people who were fighting me the whole time and were about to sign it and then capitulated and made the changes that did what we asked them to do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you, you have to be prepared um, for it and they have to understand that they own it. Because I'm telling you, no matter what, uh, two months from now, they're coming back to you. It was your fault. You didn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> No, uh, I like I like the, uh, the I told you so form. I haven't heard that one yet. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, my well, wife tells me she's like you, you, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, ah, eh, you got it. You know what? It, it I think even without ever having to use it, it it just continue. It drives that point across that you you're not hiring me for what I know today. You're hiring me for what I've done, my 20 years of experience, and how that's going to help you. And, yeah, that's exactly. And you can make an error and price low. And if you sit, the market will come up to you. But if you price high, it's the kiss of death. And I love the folks that tell you, well, let's price it so I have room to negotiate. Dude, you don't have anybody to negotiate with. You negotiate with yourself. 
Yeah. And, uh, and then in the meantime, you're still making month after month mortgage payment where yeah. that price differential is now negligible. And it's costing me because, you know, it's costing me for my advertising because I got to keep advertising. I, I'd much rather sell you a house the first weekend. Mm. You know, we know we're going to get top dollar at that point. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Dealing with those kind of situations, I think it, it seems like you're very, you're very good at dealing with like the more stressful situations. And so dealing with, you know, because I, I think that conversation can be a little bit difficult for some people to have. Like, hey, you need to totally rearrange everything in your house. Um, but you're also doing a lot with the probate. And, yep. for, you know, what's that? How different are those kind of deals and some of the issues that you face as a, as an agent? Um, well, I, I share with you, I'm creating a new probate video, so I hope you're going to link it down below. Mm -hmm. But, um, what we're doing is we, we come in and, uh, everybody's different. Every family's different, but I will tell a family all, same thing all the time. If, if there's a couple people, a couple heirs in the, and there's one person taking the lead, no matter what happens, the other heirs are always going to say, you could have sold it for more. You could have, you, you should have done this. You should have done that. Everybody, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. So, um, so I tell them a, to be prepared for that. Then uh, B we come in and we ask them straight up, what can they do? Um, do they want to do the, uh, do they want to renovate the house or do they want to um, sell it as is? And every family's different. Uh, I'm a big believer in giving them their options, you know, come in, give them a couple quotes on cash, cash purchase. And then we'll come in and you'll see in the video, we came in, um, they had contractors come in and we put in new kitchens. They, they put in, they moved walls. We designed it. It was a guy's childhood house. Um, it was, I mean, I so underestimated the number of dumpsters. It took, I thought it was going to take three dumpsters to three thirty yard dumpsters uh, to do it. It ended up being six. And we still ended up with like, it was like six and a half. And, and they came in and, and in this case, the, the family had an offer of like $220,000, um, They listened to us, which I love it when they, in this case, the, the, the personal representative was in California. So he's 3,000 miles away. Um, he listened to us. Um, we managed his contractors, you know, in terms of making sure that the quality of work, we'd go over and check on it. If there was a problem, we'd call him, he'd call them. Um, and we designed it and, and uh, staged it. And he ended up selling it for 475 or something like that. It was, it was he made a profit over after, after commissions and after uh, renovation costs, the family took in like an extra $130,000. Oh. And that was, you know, but they were extremely, it was so good till he flew back here from California, not because he wanted, not because he had to, because he wanted to see this is the house he grew up in. He wanted, he couldn't believe the pictures. He's like, no, nah, there's no way this is the same house. He flew back here just to see it. So, I mean, so we'll do as much or as little as they need to, but to me that that's a, a market that's ripe. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to, again, you have to know what you're doing. Um, and, and be able to deliver. And going back to what we said prior, um, for us, if I'm gonna spend a dollar advertising, I'd rather spend it on folks that can send me multiple deals. And attorneys and you know financial planners, they can send multiple deals. Um, yeah, you get a multiple deal from a referral, 
but the, you know, that's less likely than, um, than from a professional. Right. Right. And, and, you know, again, how do you creating those professional relationships? I think sometimes, you know, especially for agents that are starting out, they, they do kind of do the rely on the family and friends. And at a certain point, they stop taking your calls. Right. You stop taking calls, but then also that pipeline, it just kind of dries up. There's a, there's a cap on that. Yeah. And you have to start branching out into your community and building those personal, those professional relationships. Um, what are some of your tips for actually, you know, making those connections? Um, well, it's taken me a long time to make those connections. And I will say that uh, um, you have to come from a place of, uh, integrity and um, you know you, you got to know what you what you're talking about and be able to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no shortcut to it, uh, and the best referrals you get are attorneys referring you to other attorneys. Those are super referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you you try to send them business back. You know, whatever their whatever their firm does you try to send business back their way but at the end of the day they appreciate your you being able to they them being able to hand something off to you and not have to worry about it and getting it closed mm-hmm. at any cost you know don't don't call them with problems i, I this is one of my pet peeves I, I hate when people say we have a problem and they don't, they don't have an answer yeah. yeah we have a problem and here are my three solutions that i'm that i come up, came up with do do you like any of them and if not let's brainstorm from there, but don't come with no solutions. And that's kind of the attitude you have to take when you're dealing with, you know, professionals. Right. Well, cause at the end of the day, they are just like any other, you know, the reason why a homeowner is hiring you is because you're able to take care of a, you have a set of skills that handles a problem that they have. And for those attorneys and everybody, your skills handle the problem that their client is having and you can take care of it. That's spot on. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I really like the whole idea, you know, the integrity thing too. I think like every deal, I think, you know, anytime I talk to a lot of really successful agents and it's so you touched on a couple things. There's no shortcuts to anything because the moment you take a shortcut, you're going to get burned and that your reputation is so much harder to build up than it is to tear down. I agree with you. You're going to have problems. If, you're, if you've been in the business long enough and you're doing enough deals, there's going to be, there's going to be issues. Stuff is going to happen. Um, and the people who tell you they never had, well, either they've had the best career in the world or they're just not doing any deals. <laughs> you know, I did one deal a year. Yeah, no problems. So you're going to have issues and you got to, you got to, but I will tell you this, most of the problems you run into end up being, they're, they're driven by money. That's the, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, that's the biggest cause. And that, that separates, that happens in families, that happens in all money, just strange things to people. So um, just, you know, keep your notes. And I, I love life. It, the, the, the real estate industry has changed so much in that everything now is email versus back when I started, you know, it was, you were faxing stuff and you had to keep all this paper. Now when somebody says something, you're like, Oh no, I can go back and find that email that I sent and told you that specifically four times on this date, this date, this, this, and this date. 
you know so yeah it uh but you have to you you can't let it get to you it's not personal sometimes people you know people are coming after you it is personal sometimes but um you just can't the analogy i always use is if you fumble in you know first quarter of the super bowl and you're running back and you fumble what are you going to do you're going to put your head down and, and not play the rest of the game or put it past you finish the game and then you can go back and kind of you know debrief and figure out what you did wrong so it won't happen again Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. I could talk to you for, you know, a couple more hours. I think you have so much, you know, just a great wealth of knowledge. Um, so I'd love to set something up again in the future, you know, for another episode down the line. Uh, anytime. You know, you know where I am. So I really want to thank Mark for joining me. And like I said earlier, we touched on a wide variety of topics and I hope you enjoyed it. Also, if you would like to check out Mark's YouTube videos, uh, check out the episode description. I've included the links there. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and I'll see you on the next episode.